What's up, guys? I just have a question. And the question is, are you following us on social media? Liat, where can they find us? So obviously you could always follow our Behavior Bitches stuff at Behavior Bitches Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. But if you are someone considering studying for the BCBA or BCABA exam or to become an RBT or just kind of figure out or learn some different principles or behavioral concepts, you should really go over and follow us at Study Notes ABA on Instagram. We're getting cooler and getting on TikTok. It's a little harder for me, but I'm, I'm getting there. Go follow us. We have so many study tips. We have different fun ways to remember things. I put myself on there sometimes. You could get a little look into my life and the craziness, and I will be short. Don't worry. I'll make it behavioral always and what I'm talking about. So if you do not already follow us, go check us out. It's a free resource we offer as well as our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube and type in Study Notes ABA. We have tons of videos explaining different ABA concepts, behavioral concepts that you may be confused on in fun, relatable ways. So we always tell people, go check out our free resources. I know when you're a student studying, you want as much as you can get for free. So take advantage of that. And I've always wanted to say this, but if you go over to our YouTube, hit like and subscribe. Thank you. <laughs> Study notes, ABA. ABA in a little X rated away. It's behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. And we are here with episode 138. Casey, what do you have for us today? I'm going to actually do something interesting. Okay? Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Episode 138, Yes And? Yes And. It's going to be fucking great. Nice. Hey, I had that written down. Here we down. go. <laughs> Is that what you had written down? Yes. I mean, there's okay. not really. I mean, at this point of how high we are in these episodes, it's just. You know, I mean, we're lucky. There's really people have to realize that there's really only like nine options of rhymes because they all end with like a zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, exactly. or that's ten, whatever. Okay, so well, you'll get why we just did that when we talk about what we're talking about today. But before we talk about what we're talking about today, Casey, can you give us a review of the day. I would absolutely love to. All right. This one is coming in from Kalat. Simply the best. Okay. I love listening to you guys. I did the three month video bundle and passed my exam on the first try. And now I listen to the podcast to continue learning and connecting ABA to everyday life and to have a laugh. It's the best part of my day. Well, thank you so much for leaving that review. You rock. And we'll congrats on-, on passing. That's a big deal. That's great. Yeah. That's a huge deal. You know, I actually need to tell you something. So first of all, thanks for leaving that. But so at my house yesterday, and by my house, I mean my childhood house where I grew up, my brother actually, so my brother, I think I told you guys before, he's on the spectrum. He is 26 and he actually has a BCBA who's been assigned to come work with him a couple hours a week. Anyways, I was meeting her yesterday. Okay. Oh yeah. That was like our interesting conversation. Casey and the BCBA. 
and I were all like we all jumped on the phone uh, because they're trying to work on like some like sexual behavior skills and like Casey's like so not awkward. She's also just like <laughs> like ratchet when it comes to anything like sexual. Not even <laughs> just like like talking about like how her man uses these toys and this and that and. My mom's like crawling in her skin. I'm I'm like actually kind of awkward, which is like funny because I'm so not awkward in other things. Like I'm like I'm not going to tell him what to do with like. No, and I'm, I'm usually like the nerdy, like not like dirty one when it comes to most things. But when it comes to like sex stuff, I feel like it's just natural. So yeah, rock that egg. Matt loves the egg. I'm glad he doesn't listen to this podcast. But yeah, I know it was like. The way, yeah, whatever. That was like weird. But anyway, so this got so just a shout out to Sarah, my brother's BCBA. Like I met her yesterday. I was talking to her in the beginning. And she was like, what do you like? Where do you work? I heard you're a BCBA. And I was like, oh, I work for something called Study Notes ABA. It's like a test prep. She's like, oh, cool. Blah, blah, blah. And then something came up and I mentioned like, oh, that's actually interesting. Like I, I did a podcast on that with, um, I forget which guest we were talking about. And then she's like, oh, what's your podcast name? And I said, behavior bitches. And then Gal in the background, that's my brother. He's like, behavior bitch. He loves saying the name, like behavior every time bitch. He sees me, he's like, yeah, every time he sees any of us. So he's like telling the BCBA about behavior bitch. And she was like, oh my God, that's you guys? And I was like, oh my God, yes, you know it? And anyways, it felt I felt really cool for that minute. And, and she, I don't know if I told you this, case. She was saying that like the entire – um, BCBA team of school district BCBAs in Plano, like were assigned to listen to an episode at one of their professional developments. Oh my god! So you I know thought that was is? like, yeah, I was like, that is so cool. <laughs> and so I just wanted to let anyone know. I was like, maybe. And she's like, I listened to the podcast. I can't believe this. So, and but she had no idea what study notes ABA was. So I thought, like, hearing this review, if you guys are ever wondering why we're like one of these reviews, people are telling us like they passed their tests, they did this. I mean, I'm sure they're learning a lot from listening to our podcast, but because it could help you study learning the concepts, but we run Study Notes ABA as like our main gig. And that is test prep to help people study for the BCBA, BCABA exam or RBT exam. We have it all on our site. So just wanted to like bring that together for anyone who didn't realize they're connected. The, the podcast is just our fun thing we do on the side. I love that we're telling people that at episode 138. I know, but I only realized <laughs> that, like, I was, say, it's just like, I was like, okay, just I wonder if people are like, okay, like, why are you advertising ice cream if you're a podcast about behavior? It's like, no, like, they're connected, you know? That's I love that. All right, guys, we have to get to our behavioral principles, so let's get the behavioral robot here to see what we're going to be covering today. Behavioral robot, what do you have for us today? Well, today I have generalization pairing, natural environment, teaching, tacting, video modeling, visual schedules. All right. Well, I'm really excited for today's episode. And I think Liat is too, considering all the topic is definitely something that Liat's A, always wanted me to do and B, she has done and uses it a lot. Um, So anyways, let me first introduce our guest. So her name is Ali Arena. I hope I pronounced that right. Is it Arena. Okay. Yes. So she's dedicated her education and career to finding the best communication patterns and behavior changes required to navigate the ever-changing social world. 
Not only that, she's both a SLP, speech language pathologist, and a board certified behavior analyst. That is a super superpower right there. She has um, an autism trauma informed care level one A social thinking practitioner, peers, uh, neurodiverse couples counseling certifications. Um, her doctorate was really unique. It addressed the dating intricacies of those on the spectrum which has led her to develop unique one-on-one couple counseling for neurodiverse partnerships and social skills classes for individuals with learning, social learning differences, um, different ADD, ADHD, or without a formal diagnosis, but who struggle in this social world, as most of us do. And one of the things that she does that we talked about with her is she uses a lot of improv in her sessions, which is why I said Liat was going to love this, and hopefully we'll play some fun games today. Um, but yeah, welcome to the show, Allie. Thank you. That was such a nice introduction. So many things. But yeah, I'm so excited to be here. They're all you. You've done all these things. So I really props, like school. Props to you. I know. I <laughs> remember when, I, when we first met, you kept listing all the things and you're like, oh, I, I'm going to get another certification and this and this and this. I'm like, you are a go-getter. I mean, don't know. Kate, Katie's personality immediately was like, okay, I got to go sign up for four more degrees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our field kind of breeds that, huh? Like, I feel like we all like that. I don't feel that at all, just so you know. Like, there's I, no part of me yeah. that's like, I'm like, I'm good. She, like, really can barely finish a CEU, so. <laughs> YOLO. But yeah, Ali, tell us, I will start from the beginning, kind of where you started and um, where you are today and what your passion is and what lights you up. And with all these degrees, like what your day, like, looks like? Of, which okay. which hat are you wearing most of the time? Or yeah, fair. So I think I started like anyone else. I feel like who gets into this career. I was a psychology undergrad, and I babysat an autistic child and fell in love with him. And then I graduated and was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do with my life. Um, and I went to an ABA company. And so work, I worked in, in clinic and in schools. I really liked it. And then simultaneously went for my BCBA. But I realized that I, I love the social communication part of ABA. So that led me to want to go on to speech therapy. And I do think they're a really good melding. I know sometimes there's tension around that and people have different opinions. But I mean, we both look at how to develop language at all stages. So I think it's it's a really nice pairing. Um, I also realized as much as I love little kids, I think the older I've gotten, I just don't have the same energy reserves. Like I used to love like a really like behavioral, like just ADHD, like running around kid. It was like my favorite. Now I don't know if I could do it. I'll be honest. Um, so I worked mostly with. Yeah. Energy is wasted in the youth. Like, I literally think I should have had a kid at 16. I, I think <laughs> like, that all the time. I'm going to be 35 and where you, like, want to start a family. And I'm like, can I do it? Like, do I have emotional capacity to do No, that? I literally am like, I would have been a sick mom at 16. Yeah, probably. I would have just been like, okay, we'll do this and we'll do this and we'll do this. Um, even now when I work with a kid after, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like out of breath. This is bad. But anyway, yeah. so I work mostly now with um, – teenagers, sometimes, yeah, like middle school, high school, and then young adults. And then I work with couples and um, parents, though. I still work a lot with parents of neurodiverse families. Um, I feel like I've always been neurodiversity affirming. Like when this like buzzword came out, I was kind of like, isn't that what a lot of people are doing? Just really looking at what the person needs and sort of beyond 
diagnoses. For, for anyone listening, can you explain? Because I know like the neurodiversity movement is large. And can you explain what is considered neurodiverse? Yes. Oh, what is considered neurodiverse? Like, so like what what I'm, is neuro like who is neurodiverse? Like what is yeah. neurodiversity? I think it I I don't want to pretend that I'm an expert because it just, you know, you might want to get someone who's like, I am definitely an expert, but I believe that it's an umbrella that encompasses autism, ADHD, dyslexia, dyscalculia, learning differences. Um, I think bipolar is also under that umbrella. And then I've also heard um, in like a larger umbrella that even if your if your trauma or your depression or anxiety actually changes neurology, like it's that intense, that would also make you neurodiverse. But really, I think it's your brain just operates differently, right? Which like I, who's neuronorm then? That's so I really <laughs> think we're gonna have to like slowly change this because you know when I work with couples a lot, like I'm just like. You two have two different communication styles and your brains operate differently. That would be if you're both neurotypical or both neurodiverse, right? Like that's just reality. That's parent-child dynamics. So um, I talk a lot more about that, like what brain difference is happening, what communication style difference is happening. Um, And I think the big thing with being neurodiversity affirming is not seeing things Um, from a deficit perspective, right? Like just sort of, this is your brain. Let's see how we can give you accommodations. Let's see how we can support you, but not that you're, um, you know, at a deficit or inept or something. Um, You know, like I love that you have the sexology certification. Like that's very neurodiverse affirming. Like, hey, you have autism, but you have sex. So let's help you (laughs) and let's make it safe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, basically my private practice, I have a private practice and I just see couples or individuals throughout the day. Um, when you say couples, are you saying like one person in the relationship? Is, like, yes. Like yeah. neurodivergent or? Mostly I've noticed I'll see autistic men with a, like a neurotypical wife, but I'm using quotation marks because like she might have really bad anxiety or like childhood trauma. That's the thing. Like no one's coming in like clean with nothing and just, you know, like it's very rare. Um, we're all humans. We all have stuff. And then recently I've been working a lot more with late identified ADHD women. Um, and that, you know, I feel like for a while I kind of, um, ABA is part of my philosophy in life, but I hadn't been using it so much. And now with these women, I'm really bringing in the principles again because yeah, like reinforcement, having a schedule, having routine, having a way to have accountability, all that's huge. Um, and then improv, sorry, I never brought in where where that came. Um, my really good friend, Maya Watkins, I'm going to talk about her a ton because she's definitely a creator of this. Um, Hey Maya, love you. (laughs) She she did the whole like moved to LA, wanted to be an actress, like took all the classes, right? And then her brother is autistic and she started to realize how well this works with him and then started to do it more in schools. And so when her and I became good friends, I started to learn it and be like, wow, why isn't everyone just adding improv to their sessions? It's just, again, it's just a way to like build rapport, show a little flexibility, um, bring some humor. Like I'm really big into messing up in front of my clients, bringing a little humor. Like, I think that's super important. 
Oh, I just wanted to say the messing up is something I struggle with so much. I suck when I mess up. I I react in a bad way, like not let with humor or with like humility or relatableness. I'm like defensive and angry and like I have had to practice that a lot with Liat, like her telling me like, Casey, you can't react that way when there's a mistake. And I'm like, okay. well, and I think, I mean, Casey, in your defense, I feel like all of our fields, like ABA, any like mental health, like they kind of like want us to be like these Robots. awesome, calming beings that don't mess up and don't really like talk with our clients. But like, I've especially found with my autistic adults, like they're like, can you just be real? Like, does dating suck for you? And I'm like, yes, dating does suck objectively. It is hard. Like, and I think when you give that baseline, it helps. It totally does. And it makes you, it's like that pairing process, right? If you Mm -hmm. can't pair with who you're working with and let them know that you're human, they're not going to open up or trust you. Exactly. Like, and I've seen that with therapists that I've seen too. Sometimes they don't share anything and you're like, okay, forget it. You're perfect. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you, I feel like most people become a therapist because they have their own stuff that they got to work through. So totally. Yeah. So I just want to, for anyone listening, I know like you might like use the word as a, like a verb, like, oh, I just improv what I put over here. But I I just, I kind of want to operationally define I love when that. we're using the word improv here, like what we're talking about. And when you say like, oh, Liat, Liat has done this, right? I mean, all of us like improvise essentially like, actually, you know what? I don't have eggs. I think I'm going to go ahead and use applesauce, applesauce or whatever it is. Jinx. Jinx. Yeah, I am a good cook. After <laughs> yesterday's podcast, how did I? No, I did think you were going to get No, applesauce is actually for oil. So I'm not really sure that we either of us got that right, I think. But. <laughs> oh, well. What is improv? I'm going to tell you right now. So I actually, Allie was sweet and kind enough to send us a whole slide deck, which I use to help, you know. Amazing. Good. Because you two are, it's amazing how fluent ABA terms come out of both of your mouths. Like I'm astonished and amazed. (laughs) You would too if you read Cooper every day for four years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but don't put us in a clinic. I, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know if I can call it a clinic at this point either. So, no, I, I mean, I need some major training. All right. So what is improv? Like when we're talking about it as like an actual like thing you're practicing, it is the act of improvising. Don't you love when they use the actual word in the definition? Can be summarized as being in the moment and responding to unexpected situations in a way that makes us Oh, sorry, in a way that makes use of an individual's strengths while also connecting with the world around them. So when we say like, oh, like Liat has taken improv, I literally took classes through like a theater school, both when I lived in DC. I did like two levels of it. You could take like, you know, level one is, I don't know, maybe a couple of months and level two. And I did it up until level four, not to brag. I did the other two in Austin. And it is definitely one of the most amazing things I've done in terms of creativity and getting out of your comfort zone. I'm saying before we're even talking about it and like using it with our clients, um, just a little bit about my own experience. You you literally, you're with strangers who are going to be in your class 
let's say, and you could play it with anyone, right? So like they'll have people like at big corporations, like be like, hey, come into our company and play some improv games, you know? And you go in, you're with a complete strangers. One guy might be like 73. One guy might be an actor who's like a struggling actor who's 30, you know, like people completely different than you. And you go in on day one, they're like, all right, I want you to say your name, for example, I don't know, and then pass the ball. Pretend like you're throwing a ball to these people, but like pass it with like a sound, right? So you'd be like, naturally, just to be comfortable, not weird, you might want to be like, okay, here's the ball, woo, right? But like, they want you to be like weird. Like they're like, here's the ball. And then like the other person has to like copy that. (laughs) And so like you're getting uncomfortable from the get go, you know? And like, it looks like you're taking a shit. And then the other person copies that mood of like taking it like that action of taking a shit. So you're doing things that are uncomfortable, but it really does open up your mind to like um, accepting what someone else has to say, adding on to it and um, conversationally carrying on conversations. Because one of the main things about improv is yes and. And that's why Casey said that rhyme in the beginning. And I know I'm on a rant right now. I just get excited. And I want you to talk all about it. I want this. you to. It's great. No, um, this is great. Yeah. Okay. The yes and part is because naturally, like if we were going to play a game right now, which we are going to be playing some games, uh, you would say, so, and this is something Casey has worked on greatly and continues to work on, especially like during class. Okay. I'd make a mistake on something and she'd be like, I'd say, okay, so now we're going to be talking about reinforcement. And for reinforcement, we're going to talk about, let's say I give someone an apple every single, the horse an apple every time they go on their hind legs when I say whatever. And she, like Casey, old Casey used to be like, what? Giving the horse an apple is not an outline. We're supposed to talk about giving a Hershey kiss to a six-year-old girl. You know, <laughs> it used to be like, nah. And, and I'd be like, bitch. I'd be like, bitch, let me continue the story. Like, it's going somewhere. It's going to be funny. Like, it'd, like, kill my punchline or whatever, right? But it's that idea of someone continuing a conversation in a way that, like, maybe you weren't expecting, right? Like, a lot of the times, like, you want to tell someone a story. And so, like, an improv, it's like, let's say in my head I have a whole idea. And I'm like, so yesterday I ran into Thomas at the mall and it was so crazy and in my head, I already have a whole, like, funny line I want to tell you. I want to tell you that, like, he saw his ex while he was with me and he didn't – whatever. But then the other person is going to say yes and instead of being like, no. It, our natural reaction as a human is to say, like, no, it wasn't Thomas. You thought it was him, but it was John, right? And because that's natural human tendency is to – what's the word? Contradict or like, shut down something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, shut it down. But improv is the ability to take anything that comes at you and, like, yes, and that's what happened. Or, like, if I, like, let's say in class, like, something, my iPad goes out, right? I got to improv in that moment of being like, oh, fuck. No, this wasn't meant to happen. It's like, and that is a behavioral chain interruption strategy. You see that? We're going to get right. So this ability, you don't actually literally have to say yes, and. You're just continuing something. And oftentimes we're so set in the way we wanted something to go. Rigid, inflexible. Like, yeah. Right. So it teaches that. Yeah. So why don't you talk about the different things that improv can teach us? That's just me cool. without any 
I just totally improvised that, just so you know. You gave great examples. <laughs> I don't know if I have to give that much more, but I, I think you bring up a really good point too. It helps to build, even from the, the BCBA perspective, like as a behaviorist, it builds your tolerance for little discrepancies and not feeling like you have to correct them. Like I can't tell you how many times I've seen people be like, no, John, that was that last weekend. It's like, who cares if he told me something from two weekends ago, as opposed to this weekend, he's answering my question and we're conversing. Like, why would you interrupt that? Yeah. <laughs> no. And I do feel like as a field, we are pretty rigid Yes. In, in terms of like, that's not what the behavioral program said. Right. And it's like, but dude, they're still tacting the different items. Why do you give a shit if they're talking about the bus, the wheels that were on the bus or the wheels that were on the tractor? Like, you know, and that's the ability to be able to as a clinician, improvise and like provide, you know, way more naturalistic experience. Cause like use what you have. If they're not interested in talking about buses that day, then talk about the wheels on a tractor. You know, I think it really promotes that natural environment teaching the flexibility. Like I've worked with a lot of um, behaviorists before that like, yeah, they're going to play Candyland. And the kid's like, I don't want to play Candyland. But it's like, if your target's colors, there's colors everywhere in this room. Like let's just move on. Um, so it is, it's a teaching a lot of times the professional how to move forward and to be okay. Um, it, yeah. So you described it great. It teaches flexibility, creativity, um, confidence, right? So like the more, like I feel really good going into a session now. I don't feel like I have to prep like crazy. I just sort of know the goals because I know I can go with it. You know, if they come in, everyone the past few weeks was talking to me about like avatar, so I'm like, great, I'm going to get some, we're going to answer questions and we're going to talk about how we can relate to our partner through Avatar. Like just kind of what they come with. I know what I want to target and then go from there. That brings a lot of confidence though. You're able to, you know, there's so many times I'm like running back to my computer because I walked my dog in the 10 minutes, like, and I don't have time to prep. I got to be able to go with it. Um, and I also just think it leads to better collaboration between you and your client, but you and other professionals, right? Like I've had that happen so many times where a professional will be like, no, actually that wasn't exactly how it happened. And they'll change like the slightest detail. And I'm like, that didn't change anything about the, the real part of the story. Like what I was really trying to Yeah. Yes. And so, and a lot of our autistic clients might do this too, right? Like I've definitely had clients be like, um, no, Allie, that was in the first half of the Avatar movie. You have that wrong, right? So helping them to be like, okay, you could have said something like, yeah, and remember in the beginning when this happened, right? There's another way to transition it. Because they may be ending a conversation there because you've now cut the person off. It's like, no, that's not how it happened. It's like, but if I wanted this to continue, how, like, what's something that I could? So that is really good. That's what I talk about a lot too. I feel like improv makes someone like softer, more at ease. Whereas the opposite is you can be pretty like sharp, kind of like you're saying, like you just cut things off. So a lot of times um, adults will come to me and be like, I I don't have friends. Like I, I, everyone is really mean to me, which there's probably some validity to that. But the more I have conversations with them, I realize they cut off the ability to, for a person to keep going even. Right. So if I'm talking about my weekend, they might be like, Oh, I've been to that fair. Yeah, I had a chicken leg too. Like they're repeating it right back to me, but not letting me, you know, you could be like, oh, I went to a Renaissance fair and I saw, I don't know, the 
people on a trampoline. Was that weird guy still working there? You know, it's like. Exactly. Like you give an opportunity. So it also, I think, lends people to be more in the moment. A lot of times I talk about, a lot of people I work with are fact finders, right? Like what type of dog do you have? When did you get it? How old is your dog? But if you're in the moment with me and I'm talking about my dog, you might pick up on other cues like, oh yeah, your dog gets sick a lot. They're always at the vet. How's, yes. And how's your dog doing? You know, like it just helps you be more in the moment. For anyone with social anxiety, there was, I remember like clearly like my first class I took, there was one girl in my class who, actually I follow her on Instagram now. I'm talking about the quietest girl ever. Like day one, like even to like lift her shoulders, like was like nerve wracking. This girl now does stand up. I never saw someone like completely, even over like level one that we were in together because like I wasn't in her next class. But like this is someone who had such social anxiety turned like she does stand up now. I'm literally like, whoa, because if you're someone with social anxiety, you know, or feel like when I go into a conversation, I'm like already planning what I'm going to say. Like improv, <laughs> like I've yet yeah, Casey's raising her hand over here. I've told Casey, like, as soon as you move to Dallas, we're taking an improv class. Like it is just so fun, like giving no shits. It's like what people are striving to get to, like loosen up when they drink or something. It's like you could do that all the time. You just like let your like I give a shit guard down. I need to learn that. I give a shit guard. That's really true. And it's hard, right? A lot of us are like perfectionists. A lot of us do love to prep. Um, I think BCBAs in general are very highly organized people, like to always feel prepared. So yeah, it's a different lens to put on. I kind of want to talk a little bit about um, the neurodiverse brain and trauma and how that was in that PowerPoint. So what I love so much is Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. I reference him. him. And I only know him because we just three days or two days ago did a podcast with a lady who wrote a book on complex PTSD and uh, developmental trauma. And she went to see him speak. And that was like a life-changing moment for her. And so I was like just starting to look him up. And then I saw it in your PowerPoint about how, you know, harming childhood trauma can be to the brain um, and affecting, you know, the prefrontal cortex, which is decision-making and all, you know, being able to feel safe and how improv can help with that by resourcing, right? And there's different techniques you can do. Tell yourself that you're not in danger so that you can let your, I give a shit guard down. I think, so Bessel van der Kolf, I think I'm saying it right. His book also changed my life, Body Keeps Score. It's a big one. It's it's like Cooper size. Everyone talks about that book. I literally, I've read it twice. Like it, granted, I have some childhood stuff, right? So I think it like same. really resonated, but like. Same girl, same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was, it's huge. He just, he like blew up the trauma field essentially. Like he really got into like what you're affected by, but where improv comes in, he talks about all different modalities, how like yoga helps certain um like therapeutic, like EMDR, but the with improv his whole thing is yeah like improv allows you to fake it till you make it and sometimes you need that little like superhero complex to to get out of bed right a lot of people who are depressed improv tends to work well because it's like I'm just gonna put on my like 
I'm okay face today. And what that looks like is I put on a shirt that has some color, right? I like say hi to people in the hallway. I'm that person, right? It allows you to be like, I'm going to be this leveled up person. And you know, as the, as yourself, okay, I'm going to do this today. I can take it off later. When I go home, I can be like depressed in my sweatpants. But today I'm going to level up. I'm going to improv a little and go with how it feels. And what they tend to see is obviously you feel good because you're getting reinforced by your environment and people. So you want to do that more. You want to try to integrate these skills more. And I think that in order for someone with trauma to even feel safe, you have to start with those resourcing of, like you said, thinking of a good memory or breathing exercises. So you're regulating your nervous system before you could even, and I think I'd have to do a lot of that before I did improv to even get to a space to be able to engage in improv is just regulating the nervous system first. Yeah, Casey, I think you bring up a really good point. I, um, when Maya and my friend Nicole, who are both very into improv, first introduced this to me, they're both just for reference, just like beautiful, like very together women. And I just was like super intimidated, super uncomfortable, didn't want to mess up, couldn't think of things quickly. And if I think about it, that was also the same time that I was starting my own like real like psychotherapy to be like, all right, what's going on here? And I think by going through that and feeling a little bit safer, right, getting some like therapeutic tools like breathing, improv has felt a lot easier. And now I want to like add it in more. But you're right. You do need that like baseline of just I am somewhat safe in my body and now I'm going to um, move forward. Absolutely. I just love this whole PowerPoint. I swear. I'm like, I've learned so much just from like six o'clock this morning till now I've been through your PowerPoint. I'm like, this is super cool. Okay. Well, great. Cause I want to talk to you too about how to do it up on the, the website. CEUs, so we'll figure that out. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. We have to have CEUs on this. And I feel like this season is like very about trauma because everyone has trauma. COVID just rocked people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> COVID rock people, childhoods rock people, I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, relationships rock people. Uh, but like, I, I know we were talking about like a lot of the times, like a lot of trauma responses are like that freezing up. Like, and I know we just did a podcast on like the fight, flight, freezing up or like being triggered by something. Right. And so mm-hmm. going into like a known response of like what, how you want to respond and like having that flexibility to respond other ways. So like, I remember, cause I mean, I'm just going to try to relate this. Let's see if it works on the spot. So <laughs> certain things, let's say like, you know, your go-to when someone talks about, I don't know, Casey and I always talk about our triggers and trying to think of one. Okay. Casey moving to Dallas trigger. Okay. So we talk about that. Right. And like, I don't know. I'm just thinking of something like I'm sure your body has some sensation initially because you're like, it's the stress I'm currently dealing with. Okay. Mm-hmm. But working on, and it's kind of the same. So like when sometimes in my head, I think I'm pretty funny. So like in one of our improv games I was like, okay, you have to do like, you're acting out like some kind of physical motion. And in my head, I had a whole scene. I was like, essentially like do, acting like I was doing laundry and I pull something out and I like, I'm like looking at it and in my head I had this whole scene that like I found someone else's underwear like in my boyfriend's drawer, right? So I'm acting it up. But then like the 75-year-old guy I'm working with like was the other guy in my improv scene 
like completely effing ruined my thing. It was like, oh, that's the tractor bit I've been looking for. Right? And immediately I want to be like, no, dude, this is the underwear and we're about to talk how they smell bad. Okay? Like, like in your head, right? And Get it's it like, together. But now with the yes and, now my entire thing has switched. Like I've got to make this work. Right. And you have to be okay with it. Right. Like you got to be like, I can't. Yeah. Like I, in my head, I'm having like a micro annoyance because I'm like, yeah. dude, I was about to crack people up, you know? And it's like, now we're effing talking about a tractor bit. Okay. And, you know, so then you, you take it to the next thing. You guys could have fun in your own heads, whoever's listening, and like make the scene, you know, wherever it goes next. And it's like, I, I have no idea. It could be like, yeah, that is the piece we've been needing because. We have to go and, like, get the tractor to work to be able to access the shed where mom and dad left our, you know, gold coins for us or whatever. Like, I have no idea, right? And it's like, this is so different than the story that I wanted or what I had thought up initially or how I initially wanted to respond to something. That's what I'm saying, kind of like in the trauma regard. Like, it's like, this is how I want to respond to things because that's how I'm used to responding or this is what I feel inside. And it's like, whoa, flip the script. And so it's like. You are very good at improv. You could, (laughs) these are like flowing out of you. I think. um, I used to call it impromptu. I'm like, you're so impromptu. She's like, yeah, she's she's a great improviser. (laughs) Um, But to your, even that story you just told, could you imagine how challenging that would be for a rigid client and how much they would want to be like, no, this is where I was going with it. So this is what I'm saying. It's a really nice way to start to look at that like increasing cognitive flexibility, helping with rigidity. Um, and I think I didn't say this. And Liat, if you didn't, I'm sorry, I missed it. You can't be wrong in improv. No. Like, so you can't no- shut someone down. Even when someone is so fucking wrong in your head, right? Yeah. They, no You got to make them look good and make it work. And like, it's a really good way. Like I had one uh, kid that, Ever, I don't know, we were doing like a go around thing and everything was buttholes, right? So I was like, yes, and um, I'm going to get a new pair of boxers. Like I just kept going with it. They wanted me to react, obviously, right? But that's what's really cool too is you can kind of deflect some of that behavior that you're like, I know you're just doing this for attention and we're going to roll. Um, it makes it easier. I, I also wanted to say too, um, yeah, like with the trauma response, you can start to learn your own flexibility. Like so I... Um, a lot of times when I'm triggered, my defense is like self-deprecating humor because that feels good for me. I don't even know if that feels good for the other person, right? So I can say to my, like, if you can get to a point where you realize you're about to do it and then you can make a new choice. That's big too. All right, new choice. Let's try it. Let's make a new choice so you can move forward in whatever you wanted to do next. I feel like that is so hard to do. Yes. you. It's really... It's learning your body. It's being more mindful. It's all the things that I naturally hate. I love go, go, go. And I love just doing. And it's it's really like slowing down and embodying who you are. Interesting because I'm the definitely out of the two of us, Liat and I, the prepper for the podcast. I, I think she Which looks is good in a sense because we have some, I mean, not in a sense, like we have some organization. Otherwise, I would just come on here and be like, what up? who are you? What are we talking about? But I do find that sometimes the ones that I I really go into being like, I don't really even know what we're going to talk about, Liat. This might be like a total bust. 
turn out to be the best for me because I'm not so uh, fused to the outline mm-hmm. that I created that day. And, you know, I'm able to just listen instead of thinking 20 steps ahead of what I'm going to say. Like to make sure minutes. you're hitting everything on the outline. Yeah. Right. Or like, okay, at 1124, I have to make sure on my thing, I say this or ask this question. Um, so I, we I are just so that. fucking different. So it fucking blows different. My it's mind. great though. That's such a good combination. No. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, because otherwise I'm telling you, it'd be like, okay, like what was the point of the podcast? You know, if not for some order, like I, I need that. Yes. No, I mean, we balance each other really well, but I, I definitely, I think with Liat and I, we have been working on getting me to have some of those flexibility skills and not being so rigid and allowing humor and being silly and that I don't have to be perfect. And I'm, I know everything in Cooper and I'm never going to make a mistake ever because I'm the teacher and I'm supposed to be the, the, you know, the, the one that knows everything. She's always like, if we just start. And I remember we were doing our professional videos, remember? And I was so nervous. I was like throwing up and your sister messaged us and was like, you guys should just start the video by saying like, listen, we're going to be in our Cooper books with you because there's no effing way we can know everything. And if we make mistakes, we're going to, you know, do do our best to work with you to figure out. We're going to straight up edit the film and make it look like we know it. So, (laughs) Well, that's that's such vulnerability, right? Like I I like you more because you're vulnerable. I think that's really a thing instead of Mm -hmm. feeling like, because that know-it-all thing, I talk to clients about this too. It can come across a little bit like, yeah, like I don't, like, are you going to correct me? I don't want to, you know, like, so... And Casey, I don't have that opinion of you at all, but I'm talking about with a client that could, that could happen. Absolutely. Um, I also think that, you know, if any clinicians out there that are using, you know, net natural environment, uh, environment, natural environment, why can't I say that word right now? Environment. I always spell that one wrong. I don't know why. I cannot spell it correctly. Natural environment. (laughs) Environment training. (laughs) Environment. (laughs) <laughs> uh, can you talk a little bit of how you might use that in a session, like use some improv in yeah. that session? So again, I think it's important to think of improv as like just a tool in my tool belt. It's not like I go in and I'm like, I'm going to be an improver today. It really should feel natural. I use it a lot um, for redirection. So there's a game called gift giving where um, I you give each other gifts, right? But you can give someone a gift that they would actually like. Or you can give someone a gift that's crazy, right? So like last time I was playing this with an adult and he's he's really rigid and was like pissed I was doing games. He ended up liking it. But well, we need I to was, play this. I okay, love so improv games. Yeah, let me, I'm going to give you, um, I'm going to give you an elephant. And so you have to say thank you and you have to tell me what you're going to do with it. So you can't say, no, elephants don't fit in my house, right? You can't say, no, I don't want an elephant. You have to say Yes, and this is what I'm going to do with it. Okay. Okay, so is, is that my gift? Um, I'll give you a new one. I'm going to give you a French bulldog. Oh, my God. You got me a Frenchie? Thank you so much. Obviously, you must know me really well because I am obsessed with Frenchies. And ever since I was young, the one thing I always said is how I was going to measure my success was if I had a French bulldog, I know I've made it. And now with yours, I have three. I literally have made it so majorly. This is amazing. Thank you so much. 
Um, do that you one was give- too easy. That one was too easy for me. Oh, well, I saw the Frenchie like picture. Um, do you want to give Casey a gift? Give mm-hmm. her something you don't think she would want. Sorry, Casey, oh. I'm putting you on the spot. I know. <laughs> and luckily, no one can see my face. I can my face. You can see everything on it, so I'm glad no one can see my face. Okay. <laughs> hey, Case, happy birthday! I got you this onesie when I was in Russia. It's three to six months. It's a baby, and it says. I went to Russia. It's Russian though, but it says I went to Russia and all I got was this stupid onesie. <laughs> I love the specifics. Oh my gosh. I am so excited for this onesie because I actually just had um, a new niece and she's three to six months. I think it's going to fit her perfectly. And maybe one day I can take her to Russia and she can wear her onesie and remember this awesome gift from Auntie Liat. I, yeah. If anyone really knows good. why I don't want a onesie, is because I get really triggered about the, you know, infertility and like struggling to have a baby. Do I want a baby? <laughs> such a dick. Such oh, a dick. Casey, I'm in the same. I'm yeah. like, the amount of people who are like, so are you just crying? And I'm like, you're just asking me if I'm having sex with my husband. Like, yes, yeah. I'm doing that. Yeah, like, I've I been doing it for years. You know? Like, I know. She knows that that is de- that was a good one, Leah. Because I no, but I wasn't doing like, I wasn't doing it to be mean either. I was just I, also we happened to be selling onesies down there, so I did see. And him. it's Kobe's birthday, and there's a sale. But anyways, no, I think that was really good because that immediately, if you saw my like, face, that, the girls did. I like stuck my tongue out, rolled my eyes, like f you. Like that's my original how I wanted to respond. Like, yeah. well, thanks. Like maybe one day if I have a kid, I can put him in that. But right that's now, exactly I know. how you would respond. <laughs> I know. But so see how you like you showed up differently, you responded differently. So it that's actually felt and then you better. had fun with it and you're like boom bitch. It, yeah. it actually felt better though. Like the trigger almost went away when I was able to like yes. switch the script to yeah. giving it to my niece because I'm so proud of my niece and I love my nieces. So like in that moment I was able to not like want to cry and like run away and and def- Oh my god, now everyone thinks I was like trying to bully you so much. I swear there's like <laughs> a million in front of me and we're having a sale on it. Um, no, that was a the, really good one. And I think because you know me so well, like, that's a good practice for me. Well, I, I thought I, immediately I was like, I was like, okay, she's totally going to put this on her cat with a busted neck. That like needs his neck <laughs> oh, covered. <Johnny. laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, like protection like, of his cat. I, I have a doll that's going to put on this. One. It could be anything, right? Like her cat has like an open wound that needs to be covered. So I was like, this Aww. is really going to help. That's what I was thinking. That's funny, actually. And so with clients, you start to learn what are triggers for them. I obviously wouldn't start with a trigger, right? I do a lot of like light stuff like, oh, I'm going to give you markers. And then they go back, we go back and forth. And then I might do like a harder one. And this is the thing about being open with their clients. I start to let them know. Let's say, I don't know, they gave me, um, I actually don't like birds. I have a weird fear of birds. So if they gave me a bird in the moment, I might be like, yay, thank you. I'm going to put it in a cage. But after the game's over, I might tell them like, I don't know if you know this, but I don't like birds or I don't like birds. So now they'll do it more to me. But I have to share that for them to even know if they're giving me a like a hard one, you know? I know. So- we didn't do you yet. I'm thinking of what I'm going to give you. You're going to give me a bird? Are you gonna give no, because now, now you've already practiced that. I got to think. It seems like you learn a lot about people through games like this. You do, That's what's cool, right? That would not just come up no. that I'm terrified it of It is birds. so fun. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay, so, oh, my God. Happy birthday. I know this seems, like, kind of weird, but I just, like, here's a floppy disk for you, three and a half floppy disk. 
Thank you. Um, one of my best friends collects old computers, so I'm going to give it to her so she can see if they still work. Oh, but I got it for you. Oh, oh, okay. So I wouldn't do that normally. I would let someone give their answer, but you could say I could say like, yeah, you know what you did. You got it to, for me, but I love making my friends happy, and I know she'll love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love yes. it. Tough. Oh my god. And like, oh my god, I had a porno. I've been looking to save them. <laughs> but um, Leah, to your point, a client might do that back, right? But this is supposed to be for you. So then I would do the whole like, remember, we can't be wrong. There isn't a wrong way to enjoy oh, a gift. You know? True. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Oh my god. Okay. Now we need to play. And so I used to do this because I mean I was actively in my improv classes while I was working at a clinic, and I'd always be like, I want the older. Because a lot of people want the young, like, cute, like, kids to play with. I'd be like, give me, like, the older, like, high school students. I love them. Whatever yeah. It is. Yeah. Like, and so the conversations were always centered around this person. Like, he could only talk about himself and about, like, four different topics. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I'd be like, I'm bored, you know, different things. And, I mean, I was not <laughs> – anyone who was a friend of mine during that time was, like, Vic fell victim to like any of my improv games. Like my roommate at the time, Yael, who we had on the podcast a long time ago, was like, mm-hmm. dude, every day was improv games. Like you'd invite people over and be like, okay, we're it was just so fun. You get into it after it's like you get a high from it. So what I used to do with my client, let's call him Matt. Okay. I I would write down random words. So if you guys have paper in front of you, anyone? I do. I do. I want you to write down like four random words. Okay. Adjectives, okay. nouns, people like what type of words? I think nouns. Nouns. I'll stick with nouns. Okay. This is not like one of the official improv games, but I used to do it with him. Because I like he, that. he would because he would cut conversations. So like like there'd be no way to continue it. Um like also I think it's really important when you do these games, remind people that they can just look around their room because sometimes like my clients will get stuck and they're like, I can't think of four words. And I'm like, just look in your own room. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Perfect. That's exactly what I did in this. Yeah. Which now whenever my words are revealed, you're going to see they're all right around me, but. (laughs) Um, Okay. So what we're going to do is. We're going to go have Casey go first, and each of us are going to say our one word, and you pick one of them, and Casey has got to make them, like, connect somehow. So, like, he would always end conversation, so I'm like, so my word, or maybe I'll give an example first, okay? So my word I have here is, like, Paris Hilton. What's one of yours? Coffee. Life jacket. Life jacket. Okay. So now it's like, how am I going to connect this? I really want to be talking about Paris Hilton, right? Coffee's a nice, easy one to pair, you know, <laughs> the life jacket, right? So I remember like him being like, huh? But I usually would have like two, but we have three people here. And it'd be like, oh my God, you know, did you see that new, like that new YouTube video where Paris Hilton decides to go white water rafting for some like charity challenge that like, you know, if she could stay on it and keep her coffee without spilling the entire time out of her rhinestone mug, that, you know, she'd make money for Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh, you know, like something like that. 
And we used to do that. And I remember in the beginning, he'd be like, huh? But I was like, do you see? You could tie anything that someone else wants to talk about because you're always talking about your own things. But you could somehow connect it. And it doesn't always have to be like a BS story either. Like sometimes it's not going to be – usually it won't be that outlandish. But if you could do these outlandish ones of like a life jacket, Paris Hilton, and uh, then you could do it with anything. Okay, now we're doing it for – who wants to go next? I will. Okay. What's one of your words? Salt off. What? <laughs> salt off. It's like something you use in a boat engine to get the salt out. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I have New York. I have banana. It's like, so I have to come up with something about these? <laughs> okay, Jesus. Okay. All right. New York banana salt off. Okay. Why did I fucking pick my hardest word okay yeah dude who does salt no, off no. but keep it you it gotta was, do it that's the thing that's like annoying I know. I know that's the thing it's like annoying when someone okay. does something like that I can do oh, it like, all right yeah so our boat is about to go in the water next month and Matt and I are so excited and he keeps asking me to get this stuff called salt off and I can't find it anywhere, but I was Googling it the other morning while I was eating a banana and they sell it in New York City. So I need to drive four hours to New York to get the salt off. But I had a lot of energy from eating my banana. So I was ready to go. Love it. Perfect. Exactly. That's it's I'm like so dancing. Fun, right? If you can see me, I'm like, well, OK, I had no idea how I was going to connect that. But it's kind of true. But I'm not going to New York. But Matt's from New York. I could have used that in the story. OK. Cool. Yeah, you could do anything. So no one's going to fact check. That's really important to remember. Like no one's going to. You got to say it with confidence. You just say it with confidence and people are going to believe it. And it helps with that skill of self-relating. Like I talk to clients a lot about that too. Like exactly to your point, Leah, like you can relate in some way, right? So like Casey, if you're talking about New York City, I could be like, oh, I'm from New Jersey. I used to go into New York a lot. Like it just helps the client start to be like, oh, yeah, I can connect. And keep the conversation going. When you first said salt off, I'm like, I'm like, oh, well, I had a boat for a little bit, but like it was actually on freshwater. So we never had to use that. Like, cause they're like in the lakes here, you don't really have to do all that. And, but we did love banana boating. It was like a big thing. Nice. I don't know. Anything. But also, I think that this in, it, yeah, you one can, of the things connect that connect it. It also makes you feel safe. Like, I feel, so much safer that I was able to be silly and make a mistake mm -hmm. and, you know, in with someone like, I mean, I've only met you once, Allie, and I already feel like, oh, okay. She knows a lot about me. <laughs> and awesome. she's not going to judge, right? I think improv really helps people turn off the judgment because you're also setting a container. So I'll, I won't say like, we're going to do improv, but I'll be like, let's play a game. So people know there's the container of like, we're doing a game. It's safe to just sort of be silly. I love right. it. It's... Let's do Allie now, okay? Okay. All right. Allie, um, what's okay. your word? So I have watch. Unicorn. Boxers. Boxers. Okay. Um. So today I know I have to go get boxers for my husband. I keep checking my watch. Um, and this weird, like, unicorn emoji keeps popping up in front of the time. It's really annoying. Uh, probably a setting one of your kids put on. Kobe did that to mine probably. too. Probably. I have like Mickey Mouse and I like cannot stand Mickey Mouse. 
I love it. It's perfect. That's exactly so, it. What is that game called though? Just random words or conversations? No, I made skill? it. I, I made it. So that's the thing too, I think, Leah, that's really important is like, I can give as like a reference, like a book of games that I use a lot, but like a lot of it is just people like taking a baseline of something and just continuing to like change it and judge it. Like that's what's cool about improv. And I really like telling parents this because some of the parents I work with like kind of suck at playing, right? Like Mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay, like you got to like hang out with your child. And this container seems to help them to understand like another way to relate to their kid. Yeah. I feel like this can help the skill of improv can help parents and siblings and, you know, people in the community and clinicians. So I love what you're doing, Allie. It's so cool. Thank you. Okay. One more. Um, so, okay. We could do, it's called mumbo jumbo. So normally we would have our backs to each other and like turn around really quick and say a game. But when I get to three, we could both, we all just say a word. All right. Any word that you think of on three. Okay. Um, one, two, three, binder. Taco. Memory. Binder, memory, and? Taco. Taco. Okay. So our words are binder, memory, and taco. When you think of those three words, what comes to mind? So now you have to think of something that's going to try to relate these three. Okay. Okay. Manila folder. Do I say it? You could th- Well, on three. Okay, yours is a manila folder. I was going to say taco binder. Casey, what would you say? Margarita's restaurant. Margarita's restaurant. Nice. Okay. So now we got taco binder, manila folder, and margarita's restaurant. We want it. The goal is to try to get closer and closer to a word that we all might say how they relate together. Wait, so wait. Start. Okay. So hold on. What were they? Taco margarita's binder. restaurant, taco binder, manila folder. What's a taco binder? I just was thinking like a binder with tacos on it. Like a decorative. Oh, cute. Oh, 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 okay. I thought it's like a specific type. I was like, is there a school supply I do not know about? Because I know every school supply. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm surrounded by them right now. Um, So I don't even know how I'm going to put these through. So sometimes I might be like, uh, time out, let's redo. um, If I see like they won't come together, right? So a lot, sometimes kids will say stuff like water, pen, um, like balloon. So then really quickly, the next one, a lot of kids are like water balloon. And we say the same thing and we're like, woo, we got it. Like, so it's just oh, continuing to try to get, get closer it. and closer and see if you could repeat. Um, we're just weirdos. So we said weird words. <laughs> no, I think you said real words. So that's the thing. You, I would go three rounds. And if you're like, I don't see where there could be a through line. Do like- for me, Yeah. For me, it's like, I already made a sentence out of it. I was like, oh, I was like doing my studying for the test like at a restaurant, at like one of the Mexican restaurants having a margarita. And like I put my task list in the manila folder and like my binder with tacos reminds me of my reinforcer. After I pass, I'm going to my favorite restaurant or something. So like, but I know it's new- meant to be a word. I know I invented a new could, game. You could have told like that could be the next step, right? All right. If I don't see a through line, we're just going to make a sentence, right? So that's another way to just improv in the moment. So, so cool. fun. Yeah. Woo! Well, I, just I can play Ellie, games all day. I know. And thank you for coming on and talking to everyone about what you're doing. And you of offer course. some really cool stuff. So maybe tell everyone where they can find you and your practice. Yeah. So um, I think a good place is Instagram. It's connecting with Allie. Allie's A-L-I. And then my I'm in the process of moving stuff over to a new website, which is called Connection Squared. And you can find you know services there, resources that kind of stuff. 
So are you going to create some CEUs? Yeah. So I kind of, as you saw, there's like a PowerPoint that's pretty loose. So I would love uh, support from you too to possibly get some CEUs going. I mean, this I, I was looking at the PowerPoint too. It's like you have to make it a CEU. People would love this. And also after listening to this, if you are thinking either for yourself, like you realize that you're pretty rigid, like I really recommend looking up improv classes, even if you're like, oh my God, that I'm so not good at this kind of thing then that's all the more so reason to do it. Look it up where you live. Get an improv book to see some games. Play it with your clients, like your friends. It's just a great exercise in general. So thank you so much. Just like lit up my fire of like, oh my God, I need to go back. Like I love that shit. So yes, thank, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, we will give you all the info in the show notes at, to where you can find Allie. I know she said it before, but we'll have it written for you because I'm someone who – doesn't take anything in audio wise in terms of to relate back later to use. So with that, you know where to find us. You can find us on behaviorbitches.com, on Facebook, Behavior Bitches Podcast, on Instagram, Behavior Bitches Podcast. Go leave us a five-star review in the Apple Podcast Store. And as always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 